Hello, you're listening to Repent and Believe Podcast with Cynthia Smalls, founder of Back to God Ministries. Welcome, my friends. Here, we talk about and teach the message of Jesus Christ, the only one who can claim the title of Savior of the world. We also discuss all things repentance and belief in Jesus Christ and how all these things tie into living a lifestyle where our deeds are manifested and fashioned in God so that we may be molded by the Father into vessels to be used for His glory. Amen? Amen. Okay, so let's get started. Hey everyone, before we get started, I like to say thank you for tuning in. And if you enjoy my podcast, please share, download, leave me a message or comment. Thanks guys. Hello everyone. And this is Cynthia Smalls with Back to God Ministries. How's everyone doing today? I pray that all is well in your lives, that you are walking by faith and not by sight. You, my friend, are to never give up on the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen. All right, folks, I got a quick prayer today. Father, in the name of Jesus, let you be true and every man a liar. In Jesus' mighty name, I pray. Amen. Amen. All right, folks. Here we go again. I love teaching on hot button topics. You want to know why? Because for many of us, we have been led astray by false teachings, false doctrines, misinterpretation of the scripture, so, what we talking about today? Marriage, divorce, and remarriage. I will continue to teach on this topic as long as the Holy Spirit continues to prompt me in this area. If you have been listening to this podcast long enough, you see certain topics I go over and over again, namely this one, as well as the false doctrine of tithing. Overall, it is all about repentance and obedience. We listen to Jesus Christ. We follow his teachings. We don't go off of what we feel about the scripture. We don't go off on our own thinking. Proverbs tells us to not lean on our own understanding. We must trust God with his instructions. If the scriptures we are reading coming from our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Do you think Jesus was talking just to hear himself talk? Or was he laying down a foundation, laying down an example for us 
to follow in his footsteps. Just like he obeyed the Father, but then guess what? We too must obey the Father. We are not greater than our Master. No, we're not. If Jesus had to obey, then so do we. Amen. And so, this topic always have a reaction that people believe that their unique situation their unique situation keeps them from obeying Jesus teaching which it does not because if that's the case if you feel my brother that Jesus has a special light shown on you that you get to stay in your sin and that all the rest of us must comply. We must repent, confess it, and then come out of it. Why is it that you, my brother, get to stay in this sin of adulterous remarriage? Why? Because your situation is unique and Jesus understands you. But for the rest of us, we all must obey. No, absolutely not. Now, you know, that makes no kind of sense. So let's get to the lesson. Let's get to the lesson because it brings me great joy to be able to let the brethren know if they are going the wrong way because I had to get the plank out of my eye. Most of most of you know my backstory. I was married three times to husband number one. That marriage ended in divorce because I committed adultery. Unbeknownst to me, he too was in adultery. It's just that my hot mess came out first. Hubby number two. While we were dating, we were committing fornication. Now, in my first marriage, I was not saved. I was just your average sinner woman. When I got married the second time, I'm a new babe in Christ. I'm talking about just coming out of the world. I knew enough that fornication was not pleasing to God. And even though I was still committing fornication, my fast lightning pea brain decided, well, let's get married. That way I won't feel so guilty about this fornication, not even realizing that there's a teaching that Jesus said in Matthew 19, 9, except it be for fornication. If you remarry, you commit adultery. We all understood that to be the word fornication because in other translations, 
translations, it says sexual immorality and the pastor and everyone else just lumped adultery in that, giving people a false green light that you can divorce if your spouse commits adultery. But that's not what Jesus said. And so we are going to get into that as well. So let's just jump right on into it because a lot of people in the body of Christ has remarried while their first covenant spouse is still alive. So the question on the floor, I've remarried. Am I in sin? And the short answer is yes. And this applies to both the sinner and the saint. Even if as a sinner you remarried and then you got born again while you were still in this adulterous remarriage, guess what? You must come out of this sin just because you are now born again doesn't exclude you from 1 Corinthians 6, 9 through 10 that tells us no adulterer will inherit the kingdom of God. But I got saved. I'm under grace. Jesus has forgiven me of my past sins. That is true, precious. But guess what? You can't be in the sin just because he has forgiven you. Because again, if that's the case, then the homosexual get to stay in his, in his deviant lifestyle. Now that he's born again, then he get to stay being a homosexual, right? Just like the murderer, now that they have come to Christ and their past sins have been has been forgiven, do they still get to go on murdering people? No. So why would you even think that being in an adulterous remarriage that you get to stay in your sin when everyone else has to come out of their sins and stay out now that we are born again. Because then what's the point of being born again if you, are, if you are going to remain in your sin? See, it doesn't make any sense. You cannot justify your sin just because you are happy in it just because it will make you uncomfortable to have to to have to now divorce get your own place start all over again because as long as long as your first covenant spouse is alive and there is no reconciliation between you two we are going to see what 1 Corinthians 7:11 talks about you must remain unmarried. What? I'm only 35 years old. You mean tell me that I can never get married again? I can't even date. I can't have sex anymore. I can't have a boyfriend. But 
I never had kids. I want kids. I deserve another bite at the apple. Mm-mm. No, that is why we must have discernment before we marry anybody. And I pray that if you are single, please go to the Word of God, all of us. Go to the Word of God for yourself to see what Jesus and the Father has to say about marriage. Because God says, said, let no man, excuse me, excuse me, let no man put asunder. So, Think long and hard before you marry anyone because guess what? It is for life. That is not a greeting card sentiment. It is for life. The only way that that covenant vow is fulfilled is, is when either of the partner partners die. That's it. So listen. With that being said, I'm going to give you a scenario between someone who is in an adulterous remarriage when someone is bringing correction to them. Well, what you mean? I'm lost because I got a divorce, so I'm free and clear to remarry, right? That's what the pastor who remarried us said, Well, beloved, in the eyes of man, man's divorce court, and the eyes of that deceived pastor, yeah, you're free and clear to remarry if you've divorced your previous spouse. Yeah. But folks, what did Jesus say about it? What is the position of our God in heaven? What is his position? What is his take on it? Well, we finna find out and get into it today because at the end of the day, Isaiah 3.10, the Amplified said, says, Say to the righteous that it will go well with them, for they will eat the fruit of their righteous actions. Woe, judgment is coming to the wicked. It shall go badly with him, for what his hand has done shall be done to him. Amen. Father, in the name of Christ Jesus, you tell us over here in 1 John 5, 3. For this is the love of God, that we keep his commandments, and his commandments are not burdensome. Amen. Folks, we show our love for God by obeying his commandments, and they are not hard to follow. They are only hard to follow for the one who refuses to come out of their sins knowing you have brought to them the truth of the word of God. Mm -hmm. So, like I said, I love talking and teaching on this hot button, hot button controversial topic.
You want to know why? Because it has the potential by the Holy Spirit to save many souls from going to a burning hell in ignorance of Jesus' teachings. That's why. So, let me give y'all the upshot and then we can, by God's Holy Spirit, break it down. So, let's take it at the top of the key. Mark 10, 11 through 12. Jesus said, He answered, Anyone who divorces his wife and marries another woman commits adultery. And if she divorces her husband and marries another man, she commits adultery. That's it. The Lord has spoken. This is Christ's doctrine on divorce and adultery. We cannot get around this, putting our feelings into what Jesus really meant. Meant, He didn't mean that I can't remarry. That's not what he meant. Folks, that is exactly what he meant. You can't get any clearer than that. We really don't have, listen, I really don't have to over massage this truth because Jesus laid it all out for us in simple truth. But for those who want to buck at this and for those who didn't realize that this was the case, and for those like myself who would have believed the lie from the deceived and grossly in error pastor. And who didn't search the scriptures like the Bereans. We were led astray. Come on, tell the truth. We wanted what we wanted. Which 10 times out of 10 will lead us straight into willful sin. Folks. You know, if you have been tuning into this podcast long enough, I've, by the Holy Spirit, been teaching on this same type of message for a while. I didn't just come up with this today. I didn't just pull this out of the hat. The Holy Spirit apparently wants me to keep this in the forefront because a lot of people are going to be shell-shocked when they drop the bodysuit and lift their eyes in hell because of adultery. Again, if you remarry, don't matter if you are a saint or a sinner or that now you have become born again after the fact. If you die in that adulterous remarriage, you will go to hell. And why is it that this new marriage of yours is adulterous? It is because you are still bound by the one flesh union with your first covenant spouse. That's why. So every time you sleep with your new spouse, you commit adultery. And your your new spouse 
every time he or she sleeps with you, they also commit adultery. Why? They have married someone else's spouse. So you are committing adultery and so is your spouse. Yeah, this is serious, folks. That is why we can't make light of getting married. Because the world loves to celebrate marriages and weddings and and um honeymoons, vacations, getting that that new house with the picket fence. You just living your best wedding planning life. And then what? A year, seven years into it. Now y'all can't get along. And so you figure, well, I don't have to put up with this. I'm out. Okay, well, let's get some biblical understanding about marriage, divorce, and remarriage, which will equal adultery that you must repent and come out of that marriage. Yes, you must leave that adulterous marriage. If you are serious about going to heaven. Because see, I'm talking to the ones who are serious about going to heaven. I am not talking to the one who wants to kick and scream and buck and twist the scripture with all of their emotionalism about how Jesus wants Jesus wants me to be happy. You don't understand. I was in a horrific marriage. Right. We all were. These people were trying to kill us. They were, they were cheating on us, beating on us. They were drunkards. They were drug addicts. They paid no attention to us. They had lovers on the side. It was a hot mess. Nonetheless, as horrible as that person may have been, yes, we forgive them, but we can't live with them. It's too dangerous. However, you must remain single as long as they are still alive. But then that's not fair. No, what's not fair is that Christ Jesus died as a, a sinner's death on your behalf when he didn't have to, but he did it anyway. He died a painful, horrible, horrific, violent, bloody, brutal death on your behalf. Now, was that fair that you were the sinner person? Christ Jesus was sinless and perfect, but yet he took your punishment for you. And you want to fix your face in the 21st century talking about, oh, it's not fair. Don't come to Christ talking about what's not fair. Amen. Thank you, Holy Spirit. So, Holy Spirit, help me to break this down. Folks, the questions, the question is that God does not want us to divorce. A lot of people have a lot of a lot of questions. Well, if God doesn't like divorce, 
then why didn't he step in and and mend the relationship? Well, were you seeking him? Were you in obedience to him? Because he don't hear the prayers of the wicked. Folks, your first covenant spouse, if that person is still alive and breathing and walking on the face of the earth and you remarry, Jesus made it clear. It is adultery. And no adulterer will inherit the kingdom of God. Yeah, but Matthew 19.9, when Jesus said, I tell you that anyone who divorces his wife except for sexual immorality and marries another woman commits adultery. See, Jesus is saying that if my spouse commits adultery because he cheated on me, I can divorce them. So what you talking about, Cynthia? Hmm. I'm talking about Jesus was not saying if your spouse commits adultery, then you can divorce them. He said, except it be for fornication. Well, that's the same thing as adultery, right? No, it is not. Those are two separate sexual sins, my friend. Sexual immorality, when translated, is fornication. It is not adultery. Because look, if Jesus implied that fornication is the same thing as adultery, then why did he say you commit adultery if he was already talking about adultery? Hmm? Again, these are two separate sexual sins. Fornication is having illicit sex with someone when you are not married. As a single person, you are having unwedded sex with anyone you can get your hands on. Adultery is having sex with with someone other than your first covenant spouse. You, as a married person, is cheating on your spouse with someone else. And let's not be mistaken, you can also throw in there emotional adultery where you are leaning on the opposite sex for emotional comfort and affection because your spouse at home is quote unquote not there for you. This also includes adulterous remarriages, folks, it's clear. Stop trying to defend your action. That you are in willful sin. If you say, no, I'm not coming out of this marriage. Jesus told me it's okay. No, I'm telling you, I'm standing flat foot. Jesus will never tell anyone. To stay in willful sin and it will be okay. Seeing how he died for your sins. So that sin will no longer have control and mastery over you. 
then then what was the point of him dying on the cross if you get to stay in your sin but the rest of us we must repent and turn from sin no no you must not know Jesus voice you can't if you if what you are telling me that Jesus told you in prayer that you could stay in that sin fill in the blank it just so happens we we are talking about adulterous remarriages if Jesus told you it was okay to keep on smoking weed i can assure you that was not Jesus if Jesus tells you that it's okay that you can still play the harlot and still sleep around as a single person that is not Jesus Jesus did not tell you to go and murder someone that wasn't Jesus speaking i can assure you Jesus will never not the lord Jesus Christ who died on the cross for your sins and was buried and on the third day God raised Jesus from the dead that Jesus will never listen to me listen closely will never authorize sin he won't do it he ain't doing it cuz if that's the case what's the the purpose of the lake of fire for what just to go and roast some um marshmallows and and chestnuts now it's for the unrepented sinner who who refuse to repent and come out of their sins so folks stop it no nope absolutely not so today is all about is all about reformation and correction cuz that's why we have the word of god it teaches us how to be holy it it corrects us it trains us and if need be it rebukes us that's why we have the word of god what do you think your bible is a, a paperweight no so Why did Jesus say that it was adultery if your first covenant spouse is still alive when you remarry? Why did he call it adultery then? Why not call it fornication like you want him to? Because in the eyes of God, whose eyes only matter you are still married to your first covenant spouse. So if you remarry and you have sex with that new partner you are in adultery because your first covenant spouse is still alive yeah but i got a divorce i'm not cheating on him again in the eyes of holy god because god said let no man put asunder I believe that's what Genesis 127 hold on let's go let's go to the tape come on open up for me let's see come on let's see Genesis right 
what I say? 127. Let's see if memory served me well. Let's see if this is it. Because, well, Genesis 127 was saying, So God created mankind in his own image, in the image of God. He created them male and female. So, let's go. Let's take that to, let me see, let me just expand this. Let's see. No. Let me just type in, let no man put us under. Let, yeah, here we go. What did I say? No, I don't want Mark. I want Genesis. What is, what is so hard? About Genesis. Hold on. I'm gonna get it. I'm gonna get it to y'all folks. See, that's that's what I'm here for. That's what I'm here for. Let's see. Um no, I want Genesis. Okay, I'm getting all the gospels. Matthew, Mark. Hold on. We're gonna get yo. Y'all bear with me, okay? Okay, bear with me. Let's just let's just crack up gen open up Genesis, right? So you know what? Doing this in real time is like hold on, Genesis Bible 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 Bible. Okay. Okay, here we go. Yeah, let's scroll where he said, okay, we see creation. Yep. Create them in his image, giving them the blessing. Right. Okay, so then that must be Genesis 2. That's the problem. I'm in the wrong chapter. Adam and Eve. Here we go. Right, right, right. The Lord took the man. Formed him out of the ground. And Jesus said, I mean, <laughs> Adam, the first man, Adam, was the second gen, uh, second Genesis. Wow, making up books in the Bible now. Listen, Genesis 2, verse 23. Then the man, then the man said, this is now bone of my bones. And flesh of my flesh, she shall be called woman, for she was taken out of man. That is why a man leaves his father and mother and is united to his wife, and they become one flesh. Amen. So, let me just see. Okay, because chapter 3 we know is all about the fall, right? So, anywho, anywho, let's let's get back over here to the lesson. Come on, phone. Oh. What is happening this afternoon, folks? Okay. Here we go. Where did we leave off at? Okay. Okay. We did the amplified. Did I give y'all? No, I didn't. Okay, so listen, when you get married, okay, let's just cut to the to the chase. I'm tired of playing with technology 
technology over here. Listen, when you get married, that is the one flesh union. And the only way out of that covenant is if either one of the partners dies. That is that is only when that covenant is fulfilled. So we can run off and get married to 20 different people. As long as husband or wife number one is still living in the earth, breathing, walking around, eating and drinking and being married. If you marry someone else, you commit adultery. Why? Because in the eyes of God, you two are still married. To the first one. You're still married. That's why it's called adultery. And the person that marries you. Guess what? They commit adultery too. They are they are an adulterer or adulteress. Right along with you. Why? Because they are sleeping with someone else's spouse. Yeah, but Sheila told me that she divorced Tom. Yeah, well, is Tom still alive? Yeah, he is. Well, okay then, you are sleeping with a married woman, my brother. Yes. No, I'm not. Listen, Jesus is not going to go with the back and forth. He is not going to be with the back and forth with anyone about his commandments and his teachings. He ain't doing it. So let us get educated in the word of God. Go grab your Bibles and your pens and your journals and be ready to write these things down to ponder later in your downtime quiet time with the Lord. Amen. Because see folks, sometimes you just have to have to shake people awake. Some people are slumbering. They want to serve Jesus. They want to be of service to him and they are doing good works. But All of that goes out the window if you are in willful, disobedient sin where, in this case, because we're talking about adulterous remarriages, if you say, no, you ain't leaving and you are going to stay anyway, well, then you are in danger of hell's fire if you don't repent and come out of that adulterous remarriage. Amen. Listen. In the New Testament. The word most often translated. Sexual immorality. Is porneia. This word is also translated as. Whoredom. Fornication. And idolatry. It means a surrendering of sexual purity. And it is primarily used of premarital sexual relations. From this, from this Greek word, we get the English word pornography, stemming from the concept of selling off. 
sexual immorality is the selling off of sexual purity and involves any type of sexual expression outside the boundaries of a biblical defined marriage relationship. Amen. The connection <clears throat> the connection between sexual immorality and idolatry is best understood in the context of 1 Corinthians 6:18 which says flee from sexual immorality. All other sins a man commits are outside his body, but he who sins sexually sins against his own body. Amen. Folks, you got to understand as a follower of the Lord Jesus Christ, this body is the temple of the Holy Spirit. We see this in 1 Corinthians 6, 19 through 20. Because pagan idol worship often involved perverse and immoral sexual acts performed in the temple of a false god. When we use our physical bodies for immoral purposes, we are imitating pagan worship by profaning God's holy temple with acts he calls detestable. So now, don't you have a clearer understanding? This body is the temple of God. No longer is his temple made with mere hands, brick and mortar. No, we are the temple of the Holy Spirit. So we can't profane God's temple by doing things that are an abomination, that are perverse. Unless you are married and you call yourself a follower of the Lord Jesus Christ and you are still sleeping around, well, you are profaning God's temple. You find it contemptible as if it don't even matter. Even though it's important to God, it ain't important to you. So you are going to do you. Let me tell you, it is not going to work out for you, for none of us. Thank you, Holy Spirit. So we need to study. Romans one twenty four, Galatians five nineteen, Ephesians four nineteen, because these scriptures warn us against impurity. The Bible prohibits against sexual immorality, and it is often coupled with warnings against impurity. The word impurity translated in the Greek means defiled, foul, ceremonially unfit. It connotes actions that render a person unfit to enter, to enter God's presence. Those who persist, those who per, persist 
in unrepented immorality and impurity cannot come into the presence of God. No one. And that means even if you say, well, Jesus told me in prayer that I can stay in this marriage because I was a sinner. But now that I'm born again, my sins has been forgiven. Okay, well, then why are you still sinning? No, I'm not in sin. Jesus forgave me. So you mean to tell me that all of us who have been remaining single because our first covenant spouse is still alive. So you mean to tell me that we all misunderstood uh, Jesus direct teaching and that in fact we too can now find us a spouse and, and, and get remarried just like you? Yeah, I thought so. Listen, you are being a stumbling block. No, we cannot. We are not going to base our salvation off of your feelings and whatever dream or a prayer you said that Jesus authorized sin. Because that's what you're saying. Help us today, Lord. Listen. Listen. The following are some common objections to God's commands against sexual immorality, or as we now know it to mean fornication. Number one, it's not wrong if we love each other. Really? Well, the Bible makes no distinction between loving and unloving sexual relations. The only biblical distinction is between married and unmarried people. Sex within marriage is blessed. We see it is in Genesis 1.28. Sex outside of marriage is fornication or sexual immorality. And we see it is in 1 Corinthians 7, 2 through 5. Number two. Well, times have changed and what was wrong in biblical times is no longer considered sin. Really? Hmm. Well, most of the passages condemning sexual immorality also include evil uh, include evils such as greed, lust, stealing, etc. We have no problem understanding that these other things are still sin. Namely, the works of the flesh where we see over there in Galatians 5, 19 to 21. Folks, listen. Stop the nonsense. God's character does not change with culture's opinion. No, he still hates divorce. Just like he hated it over there in the book of Malachi chapter 3. He still hates it today. Number three. Here we go. We are married in God's eyes. Folks, this argument implies that God that God is cross-eyed. That he's cross-eyed. The fallacy of this idea is that the God who created marriage <clears throat> in the first place would retract. His own command to accommodate what he has called sin. 
Amen. And that's what I've been saying all day. God is not going to accommodate your sin <clears throat> because he loves you so much. But the rest of us have to comply. Okay, listen. Yeah, I'm coming down hard today because we need to wake up. Folks, God declared marriage to be one man and one woman united for life. We see this in Mark 10, 6 through 9. The Bible often uses the imagery of a wedding and a covenant marriage as a metaphor to teach spiritual truth. We see this in, <clears throat> excuse me, in Matthew 22, 2, Revelation 19, 9. Folks, God takes marriage very seriously and his eyes see immorality for what it is regardless how cleverly we have redefined it amen talking about we we're married in god's eyes no in god's eyes you are in willful blatant sin yes you are listen where we at number number four okay Number four, I had to take a little pause there. But number four, these are some of the, the common excuses or uh, statements that people give as to why they should be allowed to stay in their adulterous remarriage. Because number four, some say, I can still have a good relationship with God because he understands understands what that you are in willful sin no he knows that we we fall short sometimes you know we all are not perfect folks listen seriously you 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 better wake up listen proverbs 28 9 says if one turns away his ear from hearing the law even his Prayer is an abomination. Amen. So, although you hear this correction and you turn your ear from sound doctrine, Jesus Christ's teachings on divorce, remarriage, and adultery, don't even expect your prayers to be answered because they are an abomination. Did you know that? So for all of your good works and good deeds and, and charitable organizations and missions and whatever else you are doing for the Lord, if you are still in sin, because see, that's the thing, the part that you are not understanding where you are right now, you are in danger of hell's fire. If you were to die today and you are still in that second or third or fourth remarriage and you have not repented and you refuse to come out of it, you will go to hell, my friend. And that's just the bottom line. So we can all come up with rationales, justifications, 
reasons, excuses, whatever you want to call it. Sin is sin. You don't get to have a pass just because you say, well, God understands. Jesus knows my heart. He knows that me and Bob love each other because me and Steve, oh, that marriage was just horrible. Those all may be valid reasons for you. But at the end of the day, listen, no adulterer will inherit the kingdom of God. That is why Paul opened it up. Do you not know that the unrighteous, the wicked, will not inherit the kingdom of God? And then the next thing he said, do not be deceived. No, nor fornicators, nor idolaters, nor adulterers, nor effeminates, nor homosexuals, nor thieves, nor the covetous, nor swindlers, no, nor revilers, and no, and no swindlers will inherit the kingdom of God. You will have no share in the kingdom if you do not come out of that adulterous remarriage. You're not going to make it, my brother, my sister. You are not. Not as long as your first covenant spouse is alive and you <clears throat> refuse to, to even go to the scriptures for yourself and study. Stop trying to Jesus the scriptures interjecting your own personal feelings, your own personal take, what you believe that Jesus really meant by what he said. No, no, that's not going to fly on judgment day. I'm giving you this warning. I'm warning you, you are in danger. Wake yourself up. It's not worth it. Bob, Sheila is not worth you going to hell for over. It's not. They are not. They too have to give an account because as long as they stay married to you and you married to them, well, guess what? They are, are committing adultery as well. All of y'all going to hell if y'all don't repent and separate. And that's the truth. No one is trying to rain on your parade. Absolutely not. So listen. Where was I? Right. Listen. About Proverbs 28, 9. How if one turns, if one turns away his ear from hearing the law, even his prayer is an abomination because folks, we fool ourselves when we think that we can stubbornly choose sin and God does not care. First John 2, 3 to 4 contains a serious challenge 
for those who persist in this line of thinking. We know that we have come to know him if we keep his commands. Whoever says, I know him, but does not do what he what he commands is a liar. And the truth is not in that person. Amen. Hebrews 13.4 makes God's expectation for his children crystal clear. Let marriage be held in honor among all and let the marriage bed be undefiled. For God will judge the sexual, immoral, and adulterous. Amen. So right here, fornication, which is sexual, immoral. We just did the whole backstory, right? And adulterer, I mean, and adultery are two separate sins. So if they were the same, then why are they listed separately? Just like over there in 1 Corinthians 6, 9. If what you are saying, like we all thought that if our spouse commits adultery, we can divorce them and that is not so. It's not so, my friend. Listen, let's see, right, sexual immorality is wrong, the blood of Jesus can cleanse us from every type of impurity when we repent and receive his forgiveness. We all know 1 John 1, 9, actually 1 John 1, 7 through 9. But that cleansing means our old nature, including sexual immorality, is put to death. Study Romans 6, 12 to 14, and then Romans 8, 13, because Ephesians 5, 3 says, But among you there must not be even a hint of sexual immorality or of any kind of impurity or of greed because these are improper for God's holy people. Amen. Period.com. So in closing, when Jesus was talking to the audience of his day about this teaching of Matthew 19.9, where he said, And I say unto you, Whosoever shall put away his wife, except it be for fornication, and shall marry another, committed adultery. And whoso married her, which is put away, do commit adultery. Amen. So they knew exactly what Jesus meant. They understood it. That if your intended bride or groom cheated on you, having committed fornication, which we know is premarital sex during the betrothal, the engagement period, and after the marriage it came out to be proven true, then you can divorce that person. But we know that it is best to forgive and to reconcile even through the hurt and the pain. Amen. Because if you if you refuse 
to work it out and you get divorced. Folks, we know God hates divorce. He would rather have you reconcile, forgive, and work it out. So, how do we know that this is what Jesus was talking about when he said, except it be for fornication, he wasn't talking about adultery in the marriage, that that's the exception, that you can go on and, and get divorced and remarry. No, he was talking about during the engagement process. And how do we know this is so? Well, we can take the story of Jesus' earthly mother and father. Mary and Joseph and see that when Mary returned from her visit with her cousin Elizabeth who was pregnant by the way with John the Baptist Mary returned pregnant to Joseph's surprise and anguish even though they were engaged he contemplated divorcing Mary when Jesus said in Matthew 19:9, and I say unto you Whosoever shall put away his wife, except it be for fornication, and shall marry another committed adultery, and whoso marry her which is put away, do commit adultery. He was not saying that if your spouse commits adultery within the marriage, you are free to remarry. He said, except it be for fornication, which we all now know is not the same thing as adultery. And how do we know that he wasn't referring to the exception of adultery? Because in the next few words, he said, you commit adultery when you marry another person. So again, fornication is a different sexual sin from adultery. Fornication is having illicit sex as a single person without being married. Adultery is having illicit sex with someone who is not your covenant spouse when you are in fact married. People all the time want to equate fornication as adultery and it is not. It's not. If Jesus meant that fornication is the same as adultery, then he would not have said you commit adultery if those two words were interchangeable. That is how we know that fornication here in this scripture is not referring to adultery. That if a wife cheats on her spouse with another man, she commits adultery. My brother, it is not okay to remarry because your wife cheated on you. Reconciliation and forgiveness is always the way to go. But if he chooses to not forgive, if he chooses not to forgive and get divorced anyway, well, Jesus gave the exception. He gave the exception that if this had taken place while y'all were engaged, then fine. But if after the marriage, after the marriage, two years down the road, three years, five years down the road, and he or she commits adultery, and then you divorce them because of adultery, well, that is not the exception. Because if you do divorce, 
right? Because see now, this is listed as any other reason. You must remain single. Yeah. 1 Corinthians 7. Paul says that you must remain single. That's like 1 Corinthians 7, 11, right? Take it from 10 to 11. Paul says you must remain single. So as long as she or he is still alive and you remarry, well, you commit adultery and the person that marries you commit adultery also. Amen. So there we have it, folks. Go and study these scriptures. Oh, I do want to leave y'all with some scripture scriptures on divorce and remarry. Hold on. I think what I'm going to do is just print this out and put it on my wall. Listen, study, meditate. Matthew 10, 1 through 12. Because it teaches that what God has joined together through matrimony and the one flesh union, let no man put asunder. Matthew 5.32 says, But I say unto you, because when Jesus says, But I say unto you, it is usually coming off the heels of him explaining what the law is. And then he will say, But I say, meaning whatever Jesus now says, supersede what the law says. Right? So he says over here, But I say unto you that whosoever shall put away his wife, saving for the cause of fornication, causes her to commit adultery. And whosoever shall, shall marry her, that is divorce, committed adultery. Because he was answering the Pharisees who were tempting him with this topic of marriage and divorce. Because they were saying, well, Moses gave us uh, um, no, Moses gave us the commandment that we can we can put away our wife for any reason. And Jesus was telling them, look, listen, from the from the beginning, this was not so. The only reason why Moses did that was because of your hardened hearts. So he suffered you and allowed y'all to put away your wife with a writing of divorce. But this was not so because way back there in the garden, God said, let no man put asunder. So then we have Matthew 19.9 that teaches that if a man or a woman divorces and marries another, they commit adultery. Luke 16.18 teaches that anyone who divorces his or, or her spouse and marries another person commits adultery. And the man or the woman who marries that divorce person also commits adultery. Amen. Father, in the name of Christ Jesus, we know for certain that no adulterer will inherit the kingdom of God. Jesus said in Matthew in Matthew 19 verse 11, after he just did that whole teaching on divorce and and remarry and adultery. He said it. 
But he said unto them, All men cannot receive this saying, save they to whom it is given. Father, those who want to kick and scream about your every word is not going to make it. They want to live in rebellion. It's obvious. But I pray. I pray for the lost. And I pray for my brethren that if they are in any sin, that they repent, turn from it, come to their senses as they ought, and stop sinning. Father, I don't want to see anyone go to hell because I understand there will be gnashing and weeping of the teeth. And when we stand in eternity, I'm quite sure that we will have crystal clarity about the situation we have now put ourselves in. But then it will be too late. So I pray today that all who are in willful, blatant, stubborn sin, that they repent and come out of it in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. Amen. All right, folks. Well, there we have it. I'm quite sure, Lord willing, the Holy Spirit will be giving me another prompting down the road to do yet another teaching on this. And so be it. I'm all here for it. Lord willing, until next time, I shall be speaking to you all soon. Bye for now. guys for tuning in i truly appreciate all your support until next time i'll be talking to y'all soon bye